hello and welcome back. You are listening to the In The Country podcast, episode number five. I cannot believe we are already five episodes in and I am so thrilled that you've decided to tune back in for more. I'm loving seeing all of your shares on Instagram, all of your tags on Facebook and I just want to be cheeky um, ahead of this this week's episode. If you would like to leave a review um, of this episode on YouTube, on I think it's Apple Music, then please, please, please do. I absolutely love seeing all your feedback and I love that you know lots of you are tuning in, lots of you are, are, are getting useful information out of this and I'm so excited to bring you this latest episode. This week I've headed down to the Cotswolds to catch up with Danielle Norman, founder of The Heart Led and Get Out Girl and we decided that we were going to sit down and chat all things kind of getting to know yourself, the balancing act of life, business, personal life um, and also mental health and looking after yourself and essentially learning how to look within to better get to know yourself. Danielle talks about some of her experiences which are really honest and relatable and so I think my key message with this podcast is you do not have to suffer from anxiety, mental health, mental illness to be able to relate to this. This is for absolutely everybody and I really, really hope you you enjoy it and take something away from this. I'm here with Danielle who is a coach at The Heart Led. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for joining me. Good morning. We're very cosy this morning. We're <laughs> snuggled up in front of the fire. We've had a lovely <laughs> breakfast, fresh fruit. So yeah, it's really, really nice. Um, we actually celebrated launching the very first podcast last night. So it was, it was really lovely. Um, but in my first episode, I spoke about, in response to a question that I was asked, about finding the balance between business and personal life Mm -hmm. and one of the things that I thought you know I said I thought was was key was essentially getting to know yourself Mm. and this really is where you know this is your area of expertise so (laughs) you know yeah if you you could maybe talk to talk to us we can talk about how you know how essentially you you identified that in yourself Mm. to then be able to Kind of help other people through through coaching through the heart led through mm-hmm. instagram stories which you're very active on <laughs> <laughs> oh yes um yeah absolutely i mean i think <clears throat> you know being able to um actually come into life and be honest about life to me is one of the great pleasures of being able to fully acknowledge that life is so incredibly rare and it's so beautiful mm-hmm. and we can get so lost in the monotony of the day-to-day yeah, yeah. And we can forget that actually who we are has to be worked on, it has to be developed, mm-hmm. it has to be uh, almost created in a lot of ways through moments that we have with friends or to, through plans and trips that we want to be making. Yeah. Um, and so actually there's this real sense for me that actually getting to know yourself is almost the whole point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Because there is only one of you, there is only one of you in this time in, in your ability to be able to... Uh, learn, express, and experience life yeah. for the next eighty years, or you know, have eighty-five years, or have a long. Uh, yeah, I think it's one hundred and one hundred and ten, one hundred and twenty. Why not? Um, you know, to be able to actually come into life and actually be able to think, well, this is my time to just be here mm-hmm. and have a play, rather than trying to take it all so seriously. Because the thing is, it is incredibly serious at times. Yeah, it? yeah. I think we're under so much pressure as well to. To, to, to live a certain way mm. and we have been for a really long time and society is changing slightly I mean we, we were talking about it last night it was lovely a glass of wine um, but yeah you know we're, we're all under such pressure um, whether it's work families you know education mm. things like that and so you know the beauty of, of really getting to know yourself and living for yourself mm-hmm. is you know it's learning how you can do that is is kind of a really special thing to be able to do I think oh absolutely I think it's one of those things you just can't if you try and avoid it it will creep up on you yeah. and it will find yeah. you because ultimately that's where I believe a lot of our happiness is and I know mm-hmm. a lot of people hold to that same belief is that essentially you you are here for yourself yeah and I think a lot of people 
think that that's a very selfish way of being and it's only selfish if you come out of line with actually what your heart wants because most people i do believe people are born for good yeah uh, and it's through their experiences that other decisions may be made yeah um, but that ultimately if you come into line with who you are your whole life then becomes about community and what a lot of people refer to as almost service mm-hmm. which is where you take your skills and you share them yeah because that is where a lot of, a huge amount of joy is found and you know through my own life I, I struggled with um absolutely crippling anxiety and yeah. panic attacks through my 20s Gosh. especially in my early 20s i would you know i couldn't sleep i i would have panic attacks almost daily i thought i was gonna die Gosh. whenever they happened and it's a hypochondria as well which is essentially where you become hyper aware of your whole body wow and your well-being and your um your health so almost mm-hmm. a headache will mean that you have a tumor yeah, yeah, yeah. uh a yeah. slight you know change in my pulse rate meant i was about to have a heart attack yeah so even Gosh. drinking something like coffee mm-hmm. where your heart rate. heart rate changes just a few beats per minute that was I, enough, that was enough even though i'd had the coffee or mm-hmm. something like this eventually i just avoided any caffeine because i was so hyper aware I could sit there and I could be counting through the thumping of my heart. I was so aware of any slight changes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have hypochondria, but they're not aware of it. Yeah. And it's also something that is downplayed as, oh, you're just being dramatic. Yeah, yeah. But actually, it's if it limits you and it limits your ability to be in the moment and to enjoy your life, it's serious. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. A huge amount of what I've learned has come through, and I, I'm now completely free of that. Mm-hmm. And, and panic attacks and anxiety in many ways um, and I say that because those neurological pathways are always open mm-hmm. they're always there waiting yeah. to be you know it's a habit that you have to train yourself out of but it doesn't mean that it's it goes away completely yeah. it's just something that you have learned a stronger pattern over okay. for me which is you know the behaviour pattern yeah. that I teach and things like that but what yeah, what's fascinating is that without those experiences I wouldn't be able to do what I do yeah and that's that's. What, I mean we were talking this morning um that you kind of you make a conscious decision to have fresh fruit every single morning mm-hmm. because it makes you feel you know the, the fruit mm-hmm. is good the fruit is fresh it makes you feel good mm-hmm. so on on the basis of you know getting to know yourself if, if there are people listening who you know perhaps feel like they would like to better get to know themselves mm-hmm. they're maybe dealing with balancing you know one thing two thing five mm-hmm. things what would you say to them? What, what kind of advice would you give them to help them better get to know themselves? How did you get to know yourself? Yeah, sure. I think one of the big stresses, if I think about what I've learned and what I've been through, one of the really big things is to stop mm-hmm. trying to balance everything mm-hmm. because you immediately then are putting another pressure mm-hmm. on yourself. It just isn't, it isn't necessary. Um, and so I think that the attempting to balance everything and have it all together is just a myth because you you are just then creating this idea that there is a perfect version of you mm-hmm. and you are already you yeah, know, such an incredible fun. perfect version of yourself and it's about allowing yourself then to get to know yourself mm-hmm. in a way that says okay today I feel a little bit rubbish fine yeah that's okay mm-hmm. you know I will then be there for myself I will then learn how I can best handle my moods when yeah, this yeah. type of mood crops up so rather than trying to squash the lack of balance mm-hmm. and trying to be and think if you're not a very organized person for uh, example me. <laughs> That's um, me. trying to force yourself to s- switch or do a 180 to be super organized mm-hmm. is actually it doesn't, it's, work. It, it doesn't work but it's also a form of control because that's where you believe that the, the, your quote unquote perfection, I'm doing air fingers, but <laughs> air quotes, um, <laughs> that's where you believe you're, you, know, you you would subconsciously be believing that if you could finally be the one who's so mm-hmm. organized, then everything would be okay. Yeah. Maybe if I could just do this and this and this, have the job going well, have the relationship yeah. going well, have my well, like, then I will be happy. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't come from that. No. And so balance is often just another way to try to kid people into, to, um, yeah, just to, to chase perfection and chase okay. something else that's unattainable. Not that it shouldn't be spoken about, because I do. I, I speak about balance a lot yeah. in my work. Yeah. But I, I speak about it more in a term of actually bring yourself back into balance okay. rather than try to attain it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. that follow? Yeah, so no. you have you balance is something that you can find within yourself mm-hmm. when you've centered yourself. Yeah. And you just bring yourself back into okay, how am I? How are things? Great. 
rather yeah. than thinking that it has to be this way and that way. Uh, yes, yeah. a sort of a linear yeah. structure that you have to then fall into. Okay. Does that? Does yeah, that no, sense? definitely. And I mean, when when ooh, when we moved to property, mm-hmm. when we first connected, um, as with you know so many people nowadays, it was via Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you approached me with with Get Out Girl, yeah. the project you were working on at the time, and and it wasn't until we met at was it Marina Gibson's mm. launch, yeah, the launch of the Vision School. Yeah, so you know we. Yeah, ever since then I think it's fair to say like we've we've hit it off with um, friends as well as you know working together and supporting each other mm-hmm. with our own kind of projects and ventures and things like that but um, and, and often I tend to escape to Danielle's cottage <laughs> in the Cotswolds <laughs> but you've recently moved you've swapped life in London yeah. for you know life in the country yeah. and pursuing your own, <laughs> own career so you know ha- where did that move come from what were you doing in London um, and you know what really kind of inspired you to essentially find the heart-led and start the heart-led and start on your own coaching journey because obviously you've lived through your own experiences mm, yeah but what kind of inspired you to, to want to help others yeah well I think a lot of it so the reason I ended up in London was completely by accident I um, called off my wedding when I was 25 um, I was engaged. Uh, did you know that? I didn't know. Did that. you not know that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. So this is gonna. Oh be, that's gosh. an expose for you. Wow. Um, but no, I I called off my wedding Good when I was girl. twenty-five. <laughs> um, I was due to get married, and then six months before the wedding, I, you know, I I hadn't wanted to. You know, there were so many things that happen in relationships mm-hmm. out there. But um, <clears throat> so calling off my wedding was a move that was so instrumental in my I think believing that my curiosity was bigger than my belief that I had to say or that I had to do anything that somebody else mm-hmm. wanted my curiosity has always won out over my fear yeah and I would say that if that's a great place to be <laughs> it's yeah and it always has done mm-hmm. I've always been incredibly curious and I've always been incredibly passionate about just mm, if I don't feel something if something isn't right then I won't move that way yeah And I think that is something, it took me a very long time to realise that not everybody has that. Mm -hmm. I genuinely did for a long time believe that everybody else had their shit together and it was me (laughs) that didn't. didn't. And I think probably a lot of people listening or just a lot of people generally Mm -hmm. will will feel that way. Mm -hmm. They feel like everybody else, I mean like even me, a lot of people I work with are older than me. you know not not massively but they are mm-hmm. older yeah, than me yeah, slightly yeah. like i mean you, you you have a lovely cottage that you live in and i'm thinking oh my god what am i doing like <laughs> i can't seem to get anything you know sorted but that's fine yeah that is really absolutely is. fine and i will mm-hmm. get there and so you know so what other people and just as you have yeah so yeah it's, that's it's having the <clears throat> ability in a moment to allow yourself and i speak about this in my coaching and in the stuff that i post mm-hmm. i posted a video about it the other day having the your emotions do come and go all the yeah. time. You'll always have an emotional reaction to something. But having awareness to take a step back mm-hmm. and to decide your direction. Because the decisions we make in those emotions dictate our direction. Yeah. If you get angry at your partner consistently, I can promise you that relationship will not be a happy one and it will likely end Yeah. within yeah. A, a pretty short time period or it's going to be a very excruciating couple of years. And Because you are not taking responsibility for yeah. your emotional reactions. And where you don't, you need to appreciate that if you're going to let your emotion guide you, mm-hmm. you're going to end up wherever your emotion wants to go at that moment in time. Yeah. Not where you want to go. No. And so for you, for example, and I feel this, you know, we look at people who are at X stage in their career and it's so easy to think, why am I not there? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, if, we allow, if we don't allow ourselves to learn how to control those emotions and how to put ourselves in a position that when that feeling comes up and we're like oh no i you know i wanted to be living here i wanted to be doing this we make rash decisions that don't serve us in the long term Mm -hmm. and we also don't take care of our bodies yeah because a lot of people they give themselves time goals Mm -hmm. you know by 25 i want to be married by 27 i want a child (laughs) and things like that and i was talking to someone the other day and you know i think she was at the time i was probably 21 and she was 26 
and we were talking and it was her relationship that had just broken down sadly but um she was like i wanted to be married by now i mm. plan to be married i plan to be like in my house by now you know mm-hmm. what am i going to do i've got to start all over again mm-hmm. and actually through that kind of breakdown of, of the relationship and her kind of really kind of just being like dropped on her feet mm-hmm. she's completely found herself mm-hmm. and she is a much better person for it and it's we just yeah. we put so much pressure on ourselves we do and we put so much pressure on relationships and it's interesting that you said um as well you said about how it ended sadly it ended it's never sad yeah it is never sad when a relationship I, <laughs> no no i know and yeah. what i mean is that actually it is I, and i appreciate in the moment it is but too many of us place expectations on relationships to bring us happiness to bring us what we need and i was definitely i used to be there 100 yeah. percent. and then i realized i was like oh you will never own anybody too many people talk about their relationships or their partners even when you do get married even after children people still have the free will to leave yeah forever and that it is the choice that makes love powerful it's someone's decision their choice their investment in the relationship to stay which is what makes it so powerful Mm -hmm. and so often people because they believe they see a happy smiley photo of a cute looking couple and they're like that's where happiness is yeah no honey it's not no by any stretch of the imagination because that relationship is always evolving and growing the purpose of a relationship is to allow you and you know not every happy relationship ends in marriage no it just doesn't no it can still be a a kind of positive yeah great relationship for both people and it's also learning how to part with someone you love in a way that says you continue with your growth i'm going to continue mm-hmm. with mine and at the moment we're on different paths yeah. what people do is going through a breakup and they predict like what if i'm going to be alone forever that person was my security and you're like that would have always been an unhappy mm-hmm. relationship because you will always whether it's a 30 40 50 80 years old you'll always be confronted by the fact you on your own have to do your own journey yeah forever yeah. And so, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about that because <laughs> that was something, you know, when I called off my wedding, that was something he said to me was, so, you know, what about marriage? Like, do you not want to get married? And I was thinking to myself, you're not my only chance. No, yeah. Do you know, six yeah. billion people on the planet love and you're not the only one. But that was almost like a threat that was lobbied against me mm-hmm. was, what if you, you know, yeah, you're never you don't meet anyone? Yeah. And actually, too many people think about their relationships retrospectively. They think... I'd like three children by 35 mm-hmm. and then what I'd like next would be you know yeah, yeah. I'd like to be married for at least two years before so I need to get married at 30 mm-hmm. and I need to meet him at 28 you know and you're thinking how old are you now well I'm 30 right okay in those situations <laughs> you're looking for a sperm donor yeah. you're not even lo- an, an actor yeah. because let me guess you also want them to do everything that you want them to do mm-hmm. you want them to be you know six two good job <laughs> great yeah. body kind compassionate understanding while you're lying around like a princess and not changing anything yeah. and working on yourself mm-hmm. and i mean my last i my uh, last breakup was three and a half years ago and i remember coming out of it and i realized how much growth i had to do mm-hmm. because of what i'd learned in that relationship and it put me in a position where i thought if i met the man of my dreams yeah. today it's like you know, a month after the breakup. Obviously, I wasn't actually planning on meeting anyone. But I thought to myself, if I meet the man of my dreams today, I am not the woman that I know he would want to be with. Yeah. Right now, because yeah. I wasn't in my power. Yeah. I wasn't in my strength. I wasn't in. I wasn't allowing myself to be who I really am mm-hmm. because I was so un. I was just completely, um, almost just stuck in an avalanche of yeah. like a fear of so much stuff. And so I think throughout my just going back to why you asked why I got into it and how I started it was I have experienced so much mm-hmm. but I'm also incredibly self-aware <laughs> and that self-awareness I believe is really what allows you to take a step back from what is your behavioral patterns mm-hmm. what have you learned what are the pressures you're accepting from others and it allows you to step into a place of almost independent thinking yeah. where you think right I need to just I don't need to do what my parents want. I don't need to be who my ex wanted me to be. I don't need to be this person, this person, or this person. I'm going to be the authority in my life yeah. that says, who am I? What do I like to eat? How do I like to spend my days? How do I want to earn money? And actually step into that strength. Does that follow? Yeah, like, no, definitely. And, and so, <clears throat> but back to, you know, going back to sort of like, essentially you just saying being self-aware there, you know, how, how do we get self-aware? Do we 
do we is it time is it you know mm. spending the time getting to know you mm-hmm. like you just said what do you like to eat what do you like to listen to what's on your you know yeah. perfect playlist like is it that sort of thing or or is there is there something else you know i know obviously you've you've just launched your coaching program soul strong yeah so you know obviously you, you touch on lots of topics there um that will help because it's a group coaching program yes it is um, yeah. So you'll help, you know, a group of, of people, especially women, yeah. women, through their struggles and different points in their mm-hmm. life. So um, what I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is sort of like, is it just the time that you need to get to know yourself or are there just, are there so many different elements? I there, mean, there must be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is enormous when you think about our experience of life. And this is what a lot of my coaching focuses on is this connection. What is coming from your brain being projected onto the world? That is really it. But I, I condense it down to headspace and relationships because okay. those are the connections we make. But coming into a place where we can be self-aware takes a huge amount of information and time. Yes, it's a huge amount of practice. Yeah. And it's something I've always naturally done. I'm incredibly analytical as a person. So I think it's something I've always naturally done. And yet I do find myself trying to then think how do I then relay this information mm-hmm. to people and trying to articulate it a lot of people find it the way that I express emotions to be very relatable yeah because yeah. I but I've learned that well I was gonna say you, you a lot of what you're saying and you know you talk to me a lot we have conversations about things that are going on with me and mm-hmm. you and you know everything but you're you're you, you speak from experience mm. and relatable experience <clears throat> and you you when when we talk to you and even watching your Instagram stories, you, you're talking about kind of things that you you have learned mm-hmm. and you've overcome and you've gone yeah. through, and then you're you're helping others. And I think you know for for anybody looking for kind of guidance mm. and and wanting to kind of tune into themselves a bit more, like you are such a great voice for that mm. because you're so relatable. Yeah, and I think that having creating that space for yourself. To step back and think, okay, what do I like? What kind of money do I want to earn? What kind of job? What kind of life do I want? Is amazing stuff, but it's actually the hard work mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people stop at because they're not expecting it. Mm-hmm. They think a lot of people think success or fulfillment or self connection come from oh well they've got it and I don't. Mm-hmm. A lot of people attach their identity to their mental health, for example. I've um, been diagnosed with you know anxiety, clinical depression in my life. I've also got um, ADHD, which is obviously the attention <laughs> you might have guessed a few times. Um, <laughs> but I also, I know that these things don't define me because I know the causes of anxiety and depression are to do with the ner- human nervous system, which mm-hmm. is again something I speak about um, because it is not part of your identity. Mm-hmm. However, they become security blankets. Yeah. And this is where in our society that speaking about mental health is so amazing. The amount we speak about mental health is incredible. Mm-hmm. However, it has then also started to become a different form of attachment to identity yeah. that is very difficult Completely. to release. Mm-hmm. And it's I love it. I think the support is incredible. I love to talk about it. Mental health is so important. But you are not your anxiety. You are not your depression. Mm-hmm. And the longer that people or that we sort of don't acknowledge that part of it. Mm -hmm. We allow people or ourselves to be in a place where we can just pull it over ourselves when we're having a bad day. Mm -hmm. Well, I've got anxiety, so I can't do that. Yeah. I can tell you, I have sat, I've cried for days. I have been almost paralyzed with fear in my bed for days on end to then now be living a life that I have now that is completely yeah. I live in the middle of nowhere <laughs> do you know what I mean? so lovely by the way <laughs> we're literally sat by a roaring fire it's, it's so beautiful and the changes um, I know we keep going a little bit off topic with you with the uh, we digress a little bit <laughs> no. from the questions but you know the changes that I've made in my life and coming into coaching have always been part of me they mm-hmm. have always been on my heart to do to connect with people I'm an incredibly passionate person but coming into a place where I can now share my experiences and babe, you're actually incredible mm-hmm. and you just can't see it mm-hmm. right now. To actually be able to say to people, sorry, I just swore, so I've got to say that again. <laughs> coming into a place where you can say to somebody, panic attacks, they are horrific. Yeah. And to really be connecting into really understanding what it feels like 
physiologically in the body mm-hmm. to experience a panic attack. The cold flush, yeah. the feeling di- quite literally. <clears throat> I remember my first panic attack. I genuinely believed I was going to die. Well, I, my, I've never had a panic attack. And listening to you say it, I'm, I'm literally seeing it. I, I've never had a panic attack, but it was an ex of mine. And <laughs> we'd argued, it's not funny. We'd argued um, about something. And, and I was really horrible. I made him sleep on the floor. I was like, you're not sleeping in this bed. Made him mm-hmm. sleep on the floor. And I was really, really kind of mastering the strop. I was not letting, I was not kind of backing down. Anyway, he slept on the floor and he woke me up and and he was panicking. And, and I'd never seen it before, mm. but it, he, it was like, he had no control. Mm. It was terrifying. I was like, do I need to call an ambulance? And he, yeah. he couldn't. Like he couldn't even open his eyes. He was oh, it was awful. Like yeah. I can see it now. The, so essentially, it is the body's uh, reaction in the fight or flight. Yeah, it um, literally was. Reaction. He was like well, curled up and just. That is what it is, and if they will present. Oh. It will present slightly differently for everybody. So my first panic attack, I was in an office job at the time, and I sat down after lunch, and I just all of a sudden my heart rate mm. just went through the roof, I felt really dizzy. So I went to the toilet and I was like trying to make myself sick so I was like maybe I'm having a allergic reaction. And I went back in and I was so dizzy, my heart rate was as if I'd just done a spin class. Yeah. And I, I'm not even, it was up so... I know that feeling, I don't yeah, want yeah. But it was, I just was sitting down and I went to the office manager and I said, I think I'm having a allergic reaction. She said, Danielle, you're fine, go and yeah. sit down. Because she, that's all you look like on the on the outside. Yeah, you yeah, it will definitely. Perfectly When it's fine. that kind of, yeah. When it's that kind of reaction. And I said, can you just feel my pulse? Mm-hmm. And um, she put her hands on my fingers on my pulse. And she said, "We need to call an ambulance." Like that was, and I immediately was like, "I'm going to die." Yeah. Because I, you know, when oh, you have it, it was absolutely terrifying. And the thing is, is ultimately you are in this space where you have no control because your body is doing biologically what it's built mm-hmm. to do. So I then sat outside. I didn't know it was a panic attack. I I thought it was an allergic reaction. Yeah. So I thought I was going to die. I thought my tongue yeah. was going to swell. <laughs> Anaphylactic shock. And the ambulance was taking so long. And um, I remember sitting outside, and my I started getting this cold feeling just creeping up my legs. Now, and this is really helpful for anyone who knows, panic attacks tend to last for 20 minutes, and they yeah. tend to peak at 10 minutes. That's when the um, like the cortisol and the adrenaline have really hit your body, wow. um, and it tends adrenaline tends to peak after 10 minutes. So that's when you get your boom, 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 boom heart rate. That's what's causing all of that. It tends to peak at about 10 minutes. So if you now I know that that was about the 10 minute mark when the cold started to just and it was genuinely like cold hands just creeping up, yeah creeping up almost just inside your blood inside oh, all your muscles wow. and I was just sat there my heart rate obviously still bashing away and I just remember thinking I don't know what to do do I you know text my partner at the time no, do I, I, I have no idea what to do had to help. no idea what to do whatsoever and um they Yes, yeah, so we, we had no idea what to do, but my friend ended up, t- the ambulance was taking too long, so we ended up driving up there, and of course during the drive it started to subside, but I was so confused, mm-hmm. I had no idea what a panic attack was, and um, got there and the nurse said to me, oh, just stick out your tongue for me, and she said, no, you're fine, you're having a panic attack, go and sit down, and I was like, I am not having a panic attack, <laughs> I was not predisposed no. to worry or anxiety before my first panic attack and it had actually been caused by some other things that happened That's in my really life scary. about a year yeah I remember saying to my dad after uh, <laughs> I said to my dad about a year I oh, know sorry I said to my dad after the uh, I left the hospital because I had to you know take me back to work get my car all this stuff I remember driving home and I had dad yeah they said they, I had a panic attack he said oh come on this was so much more before social media. All yeah, of my panic and yeah, anxiety. it's a lot more aware. Um, and even my my breakup, my leaving um, the engagement, that was all way before social media. I think mm-hmm. it was about six or seven months before Instagram came onto the scene. Wow. And yeah, so there was you know kind of social... nice place to be yeah. there for it, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know there wasn't the same sort of inspiration mm-hmm. in the world or community that we have yeah, nowadays. Yeah, which we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the panic attack. And I remember thinking to me, between me and my dad, like I am not the sort of person mm-hmm. to panic. Come mm-hmm. on. And that then led into a series of um, panic attacks to a then clinical depression diagnosis about oh. three months later. 
but the year beforehand I'd spent most of the time not sleeping mm-hmm. um, there's some things that happened in my life at the time and I about a year prior and it meant that I basically didn't sleep until the mm-hmm. sun came up every night Jeez. and what had actually happened to cause the panic attack was I had um, gone from working a job that I was a fitness instructor at the time okay. I'd gone from working a job where I was on shift work uh-huh almost you'd work seven yeah. days on you get yeah. two days off that mm-hmm. sort of you know <laughs> yeah. everyone knows that kind of a shift job where they just take the mickey <laughs> and I'd gone into this office job at this is quite um, it was at the Premier League club in Manchester and oh so you were like Manchester no one in London no no one in oh, no no no, no. Okay. so oh so I meant to say this earlier no, so no, no. the reason I moved to London was because I, after I called off my engagement I had to just completely relocate um, I moved to London and I knew I had two friends and they weren't even friends that I was at the time particularly close to. No. I just had nowhere else to go and so I just thought I'll I'll go to London. Um, So it wasn't even one of those those (laughs) decisions where you're like I'd love to move to London. Just decided to move to one of the busiest cities in the world. Um, (laughs) One of the craziest ones. And then I was there for about six or seven years. Um, But no, (laughs) quickly going back. What were we talking about? Um, Your what led to your uh, uh, diagnosis yeah. oh yeah so I was so the I've been working in the shift job on like and it was your your body in that mode is in survival you mm-hmm. are just keep going keep going keep going yeah so then when I started at Manchester United I finally was happy yeah and this is one of the saddest things and I'll come back to this in one second but I was finally happy and that's when my panic attack started yeah because when the body can rest it can digest and when it can digest information and actually take on the full scale Mm -hmm. it finally feels like it can actually relax yeah now that's one for me one of the saddest things about depression and anxiety and a lot of other neurological um or sort of mental uh, mental illness is that when a lot of people find it so hard to relax because then there is almost no rest. I remember learning that how why why sleep during depression is so difficult is because the subconscious is working almost un, like untying a knot. Mm-hmm. Is what our, our subconscious while we sleep sort of unties this knot of information that we have. But what happens when the brain wakes up is that essentially the subconscious is so tired mm-hmm. from trying to figure out whatever was going on that it wakes you up for a distraction. It wakes you up for yeah. to, to for its own rest, for, uh, for its own rest, and therefore you get into the cycle of never being able to find rest. Gosh. And it's genuinely one of the yeah, saddest things. Sad, yeah. It is. It's yeah. one of the most isolating things. But it's a subconscious that's doing it, and that's why when we then rest, it then maybe will bring something up from the subconscious mm-hmm. for recognition to try to. Move. Hi, can we just yeah. maybe? And that's what then causes the reactions because it's then perceived as a threat because that is what caused mm-hmm. the anxiety or depression in the first place does that follow yeah. so you're almost then confronted when you rest yeah. with it's like when you finally sit down and someone's like could you just come and help me like, yeah. Oh yeah really can I not just there's yeah you're in this cycle of mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of what I focus on with my coaching is about being able to take people into understanding that the only way mm-hmm. to get through anxiety or depression is to uncover acknowledge face and overcome what it is that's caused it yeah yeah and that for people is the hard work that they don't people want um some, a magic one they want yeah they someone, want a quick fix they want yeah, quick to tell fix. them how to do it because it is and i understand that because mm-hmm. that would be great yeah but i also know that having gone from by the time i actually sought help after about 10 months of my anxiety and my depression I had about a thousand panic attacks yeah. in about a nine month period. I was having about three a day. Um, so to then now know what I know, mm-hmm. I know there's no yeah, other way. You know you there are, you, the only way that you can get through it is when you can recondition your body into yeah. And you've literally like blossomed. From yes. It. Like I, yeah. Unless you, I mean, you've told me before, but if you hadn't have told mm. me, I would never know. Mm-hmm. Never yeah. know. Yeah. Um, maybe the ADHD. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, but so Which interesting is to do with the lack of dopamine in the brain, okay. but it also makes you highly intuitive. It makes you very perceptible. 
perceptive because you are essentially taking in a huge amount of information at once because your mm-hmm. brain is constantly you're scanning everything. Yeah, you process everything because your brain is consistently scanning for a hit of dopamine mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. It's hitting any feel good hormones that it can get. So essentially you just become hyper aware yeah. of your surroundings because it's thinking, is there something over there? Yeah. What about this? What about this? And so it makes you incredibly perceptive with yeah. people because you're just you're not pacified yeah yeah no definitely and um going back to like i know we're kind of we're just making up our own sort of agenda for this conversation <laughs> yeah, as i was we gonna go say along. we are going around the house i love it though <laughs> yeah it's great um and people are really getting to know you um which is lovely but there's a massive massive thing at the minute as as there is with with you know every kind of industry and area of life and we have sort of touched on it but but mental health mm-hmm. um you know you you cannot escape that being a really really poignant thing mm-hmm. at the minute and things probably not the right word but um what we often hear especially um to people who are listening to this you know you're, you're probably really followers of either of us you're probably new you know you might be new to the podcast you might be magazine readers um you know, fans of Danielle's, um, coaching fans of Danielle's, but most often you know, you're probably going to live in the countryside. You're probably going to live rurally. You're going to have a rural life, and and with that, there is so much um, stigma attached to to mental mm. health, in particular um, the farming communities, mm-hmm. um, shooting as well, um, and and equestrian. There's there's a big campaign with the British Grooms Association which I touched on with Yasmin um, in the second episode, but in in particular, um, in this case, you know, the agricultural industries, there is so much depression attached to that way of life mm. and and suicides, um, you know, sadly by, by farmers. And so essentially what, what I guess I'm trying to get at is from you, you speaking about what, what you're talking about, mm. I mean, a lot of them, I guess, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to try and guess what what they're struggling with but you know there's there's the problem of of money constant Mm -hmm. worrying about Mm -hmm. livestock about what's going to happen about harvest about yields there's so much that goes into farming as as with every walk of life but in this case farming um what would you what would you say to them you know if 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 there's you know farmer's wife listening farmer Mm -hmm. friend of a farmer relative Mm -hmm. and and you think somebody might be struggling and this goes for for anybody Mm -hmm. but you know i'm just using farming as an example yeah what would you say to them to because obviously you identified yourself that you were struggling yeah but for them and for if they i think one of the really big things is to know that everyone is responsible for themselves Mm -hmm. i'm huge on personal responsibility Mm -hmm. because I think often if for example you have a partner who is depressed mm-hmm. it's really common to try to think well just do this and just yeah. do that and it's really easy as well if you have anxiety or depression to go to your doctor or your therapist and be yeah. like fix me yeah is to know and understand in every situation the importance of support and community mm-hmm. and just being honest yeah because there's i mean i know from you know from reading articles, you know, reading these stories, hearing on the news, um, and there's there's various like news channels doing doing campaigns for for talking and suffering with with these kind of things. But it's it's always attached to it that farmers are intensely proud people. Mm-hmm. They won't they won't accept that they're struggling. They mm-hmm. won't reach out. They won't you know they, they put their farm first mm-hmm. probably before that before themselves and sometimes before their family mm-hmm. and so the the kind of opportunity to to kind of come to terms with the fact that they might be struggling they're too proud well i think what you're talking about there is the generational yeah um, true, cause inheritance to be... of just keep going mm-hmm. which is a very british, british thing <laughs> um is to just you know bury your head in the sand and keep yeah. going it'll all be fine and I think that has to be someone's personal choice that that isn't the life that they want. Mm-hmm. And for other people around them to allow space for them when someone's stressed, just listen to somebody mm-hmm. and just say, I'm really sorry that's happening. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the areas where we can really come together through inspiration. So I am not 
I do not run shy of any emotion. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm so <laughs> into them. I will talk about anxiety, depression, suicide, you know, suicidal thoughts. I will talk about every dark area of the human mind uh-huh. because your brain knows everything about you. Yeah. And it knows how to torture you. Yeah, that's One, very it, true. It knows the most effective ways to make you feel terrible. Now, the human brain is predisposed to misery because misery is known. Mm-hmm. What it doesn't like is the unknown. Mm-hmm. And so for somebody who is struggling, one of the really big challenges is stepping into faith. Mm-hmm. Because at least in when you struggle, mm-hmm. you know structure. You know, yeah. at least if I just get up today and I feed that lot and then I do this and then I do that, I'll worry about myself at the end. Mm-hmm. I'll worry about myself at the end of the day. And it's 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 a it's a form of self harm mm-hmm. to keep yourself going, yeah. driving into something that makes you feel worse. It really is. A, it's just it's a form of mm-hmm. just really uh, battling yourself down. And so one of the really big things that we can do to support one another and ourselves is to allow ourselves to know that no one escapes. Mm-hmm. No one escapes needing to look after their mental health. No, no matter how, how you think something looks, whether they've got millions of pounds in the bank or whether you're mm-hmm. millions of pounds in debt yeah money doesn't make happiness it, it doesn't it certainly buys a huge amount of convenience yeah, and <laughs> a huge amount of really lovely things yeah. but it, it can't fix you and that's why you see people in and out of um, rehab at, in on whatever level mm-hmm. uh, of financial um, financial stability that they're in and I think one of the big so one of the really key things to hone in here is that your mental health is your responsibility and it is somebody else's responsibility it is an active choice to take care of it mm-hmm. and it's an active choice to look after your well-being mm-hmm. now unfortunately a huge amount of the catalyst to, to want to do that comes from self-love mm-hmm. and a desire and a belief that there is something more for you mm-hmm. now if follow me down this little rabbit hole only because <laughs> the presence of your misery mm-hmm. shows you your desire for more okay like yeah yeah and so what a lot of people would rather do everything in life has a balance everything mm-hmm. has a polarity every ha- thing has um, what's uh, essentially in terms of an, a masculine and a feminine for example yeah 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 and that's not to do with stereotyping that's not to do with whether you are a man or a woman every even within you as your own poly mm-hmm. you have a masculine side and a feminine side yeah. it's just to do with like day and night black mm-hmm. and white everything has its polarity everything has has a balance to it and so Misery and mental health, um, you know, about poor mental health or mental illness, they have the polarity. Someone's that in their anxiety shows a desire for their freedom mm-hmm. because of, through the desire for control over the situation, yeah. it shows that there is a heart there. There is a there is a, a whole human being mm-hmm. who is still alive, um, who is still wanting yeah, to, to be, be free okay. yeah. and to be okay, and. Often what we think is, oh, I'm depressed or I'm anxious mm-hmm. and this just must be what I have to accept. By no means is it mm-hmm. what you have to accept. It is absolutely not. But it does not mean that mm-hmm. that journey is going to be easy. No, no. And so often what people will then do, so rather than staying in depression or anxiety, it is, and by the way, when you're in it, when you cannot sleep, when you feel like it's rubbish, horrific. when you feel so down, you feel like you can't go anywhere you else. Can't, genuinely, so the, finding the energy or the space or the time to meditate, to go for a walk in nature, to speak to a friend, mm-hmm. they will feel like a limitation because you are at your limitation. You are at your absolute you have to push yourself. brick wall really push of yourself. I cannot g- mm-hmm. give or do any more. Yeah. But you can mm-hmm. because actually all you have to do is retreat. Mm-hmm. Too many people think that progress is about being strong yeah. making strong bound yeah. forward you know actually it comes from acknowledging you're hurt mm-hmm. you're sad mm-hmm. what is it that has made you feel like this yeah and too many people think it's about the front end and that it's not it's about the inside yeah. what's going on in here mm-hmm. what is actually sit down and tell me why you're angry yeah sit down tell me why you're frustrated mm-hmm. sit down tell me what what the hell is going on mm-hmm. in your in your mind mm-hmm. But because they're too busy trying to keep up the front and yeah. have this quote-unquote balance, yeah, people are they feel like this vulnerability and this openness mm-hmm. is going to be too much. I can't yeah. do it. 
Yeah, I think I think you're right going into, you know, when you said it is a sort of a generational thing. I think I say we collectively, but you know, sort of oh, I hate trying to like define it, but like younger people there mm. there's a there's a kind of more older generations suffer a hell of a lot more. Yeah, there's yeah. a more op- like open attitude to accepting that you can you can get to know yourself. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You can look inside. You can look after mm-hmm. yourself. Whereas my parents' generation, for example, you know, they are, they do have that proud British, yeah. you know, stiff upper lip mm-hmm. kind of upholding of, yeah, we're just going to carry on. I'm fine. I don't need to talk about it. I, I'll be fine. And and so that that is where there's a difference. But but if, like you say, you know, you can, this can ha- potentially help somebody listening yeah, or somebody who knows that there's someone that they know in their family in their friend circle at work um who might be struggling then to to start that conversation with them are you okay or you know yeah. can we talk about anything how are you feeling it's just creating the space for people yeah and saying are you all right mate i've noticed actually you've not been yeah been a little bit off for the last couple of months mm-hmm. and i just want to check because they may say yeah no, no fine yeah i was gonna but say because we well, we, it's about what it triggers yeah. in somebody to believe that there is space for them to be who they are. Yeah. And it's this, you know, vulnerability is your greatest strength. Mm-hmm. Like, I am so open about my own story and my journey, not only because I believe it's so inspiring for yeah, people to be able to fine. see it and, and to, to listen to it, but because no one has anything on me that my <laughs> brain hasn't already done to me. Yeah. No, there is yeah, your nothing. brain, your mind is your worst enemy. I say this to myself like yeah. so often. It is your your worst enemy, and I have like a little little journal. Totally recommend it if you haven't done it. But a journal where I there's things I battle with with myself mm-hmm. personally, not not with the business, but just personally, as does everybody. And by writing it down, I'm almost having that conversation mm-hmm. with my brain because my brain is talking to me as I'm writing it, mm-hmm. and and I'm. I'm dealing with it. I'm confronting mm-hmm. it. I'm starting that conversation in my head because otherwise, my brain literally will just, like you said, mm. it just brings things up that you don't want. It does, and it's it. also it's also accepting that side of yourself or those parts of yourself that you, you don't love. Mm-hmm. And people think that when they're depressed or they're anxious that they're unlovable. Mm-hmm. It's just not true. Yeah, you're so gorgeous in every well, in every stage. Like what's really inspiring is is literally your your kind of transformation and. And actually, what you've just said that's kind of like prompted me to to think of. There was a time when you know I was probably twenty odd, and and I did not like myself. Like I didn't like myself mm-hmm. as a person. I was oh, just I just reckless. Like didn't yeah. care, naive, whatever. And there there were turning points for me when I was like, no, like I don't like this. I don't like mm-hmm. me. I want to sort this out. I want to mm-hmm. change. And and I, I I wrote in my journal. Um, <laughs> That if you've ever seen, I think it's Dorian Gray. Have you ever seen that film? Who's Gray? No, no. Oh, <laughs> very different. That no, probably would have helped. helped. I thought his name was Dorian Gray. No, no, Christian. <laughs> oh, sorry, you know then. <laughs> um, no, Dorian Gray. <laughs> Just give me a second. Um, yeah, no, it's called Dorian Gray, and <laughs> it is completely worth a watch literally it is about this guy who essentially he like sells his his soul to um i don't know what it is oh i have heard of it trapped in a painting and and he is reckless he can do whatever he wants he can live forever he's eternally beautiful Mm. and everything and essentially he ruins this painting this painting that rots away and the painting is is like his soul and it's it's really really good yeah but it like I, I mean, I wasn't, it wasn't that bad, but I was getting to the point where I was like, I don't like myself, and if mm-hmm. I, if I looked inside, my soul probably wouldn't be very beautiful. But what you're talking about there is the natural evolution, and your dislike of yourself at twenty, yeah, is yeah, part completely. of who you are. And I think we so often we want to reject these parts mm-hmm. of ourselves. We, that's not me. I'm not yeah. like that. To an extent, my love, that's who you are, mm-hmm. and that's great that you learned to evolve from that place. Mm-hmm. It's this, it's this idea that when someone has depression or anxiety or doesn't know what the next step is or is in debt or is overwhelmed or is mm-hmm. scared or heartbroken, that they feel that they need to get themselves back together in order to attain love. If you know you are enough right now, today, mm-hmm. as you are, and just grow from there, totally different ball game. Yeah, see, like now, like I think I, I you know, I've, 
I've gone through that journey. I've made conscious mm-hmm. steps to, to, to change and grow myself. Yeah. And and I am a much better person. I feel much better. I you know I've I've become more successful. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm independent, which is which is fantastic. But I am also still 24. I've got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. But I am now happy with myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm happy being on my own. I'm happy, you know. I know myself, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I can right yeah. now. Yeah, well, you're evolving and you're allowing yeah. that. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's a really strong um, message for anyone is that, you know, this, you don't, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to the farming community, when it comes to people that we don't need to, uh, that who need the support or who currently don't have access to the right support, just letting people know that they're enough mm-hmm. is such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It completely... If you have a partner who is angry or upset or worried or has their own stuff going on that mm-hmm. you don't know about, mm-hmm. allowing them to have, and this is where this has come full circle quite nicely, just mm-hmm. how we said before about having your emotional, knowing your, what you want to, uh, what your reaction wants to be, mm-hmm. to know that if, for example, your partner is stressed or they've come in from a day, give them 20 minutes yeah. to just decompress. You know, and, and vice versa, you know, allow them to have a space to be who they are mm-hmm. without needing to also be who you want them to be in that moment. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing, you know, allow them to be anxious or depressed, especially in marriage. This probably, I mean, in other partnerships, it's a bit of a, you know, depends on how long you've been together. But if mm-hmm. you've made a commitment to want to work at something, give someone the space to be depressed or anxious without mm-hmm. trying to fix it for them mm-hmm. and just love them. Yeah. Because when we can allow one another to just be more of who we are, when we can say, hey, I know you're going through a lot of stuff right now, I just want to let you know I love you. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. You're not trying to fix it, not trying to get them to do anything no. more. It's just, hey, babe, I see you. Yeah. And you're doing an incredible job. Yeah. It creates space. And actually, that is one of the best ways that we can actually start. To, and that's one thing I like to do on my, with my stories, is just to create space for people. Mm-hmm. That And you, you hey guys, really do, yeah. Hey guys, if you're having a really bad day today, know this, this and this and this, hope that helps, bye. Yeah. Just drop it in. It's not a big deal. Like, mental health, everyone has it. Depression. Yeah. Suicide does not need, the suicide rates do not need to be, need to be where they are. No. If only we acknowledge that you're allowed to think about mm-hmm. suicide. Like, yeah. it's not actually that. Just don't think you have to believe it. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, and I think I think opening that conversation up, starting that conversation, mm-hmm. and and our industry is is really our collective industry. They are some of the most traditional mm. in in this in the world. You know, farming, shooting. Um, it is so steeped in tradition and kind of British. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's just so traditional and and so when you're in it you know you you kind of feel like there's there's an expectation or it's very old fashioned mm-hmm. and by incorporating things like you do um you know because you, you are speaking to a lot of people within the community mm-hmm. um on your stories and through your coaching you are starting that conversation mm. and it's normalizing it yeah and, and saying, up until then it wasn't there so yeah. you're giving people such a really valuable space but i think also i, I have I, I so i rebranded over the summer so to actually include more men in my message simply because I had so many men messaging me saying I really I know your content's for women but I really relate mm-hmm. I can really uh, thanks for putting it this way yeah. because that's really helped me with I'm feeling anxious about and they're often less kind of well there's less emotional um, education for men yeah yeah even from a younger age in life they're not as quick to kind of get their feelings across no, and talk absolutely. about things as women but for me it's really about saying like there is genuinely nothing <laughs> on earth that anyone can say or do to me that would take me to a level of grief mm-hmm. that I have once I think once you've been through depression or anxiety and you've had those spells of months weeks and in many cases years of just paralysis at the, mm-hmm. at the feet of your depression or anxiety or suicidal thoughts once you've been in that space you know there is nothing on earth mm-hmm. that can actually come up against you mm-hmm. because everything in your mind has done everything that it can mm-hmm. it has searched every nook and cranny of the worst possible mm-hmm. scenarios that aren't even happening and yeah. it's made you it's absolutely bent you to its will yeah and so once you've done that you just you have gone to a place that is so dark yeah and when you get yourself out of that space you're like mate you've got nothing you cannot 
you don't own me. No. So I'm not even owned by my own mind anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm not even at the mercy. I know the flexibility yeah. and the dexterity that my emotional intelligence uh-huh. has, or that my um, that my mental health has. I know how to help myself yeah. when I'm in that space. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, you know, we can carry on talking about this <laughs> all day, most likely. We were talking about, you know, similar things last night. But I think, you know... <laughs> If I think if we if, if I kind of leave it here in that you know, although we're this you know the conversation today was really deep and really kind of connected, you you don't need to have clinical depression no. or sure. anxiety to take something away from this. For example, you know I I know that I don't. Daniel has has been through that and overcome it, but this is just as relevant to you you know when you have an off day Mm -hmm. when something's happened and you just feel rubbish the the essential elements of it of you know getting to know yourself which kind of comes back to balancing everything no you don't really like that Mm -hmm. word but you know (laughs) know, um but you know it 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 you it can speak to you and and it can help and essentially for me one of the biggest things that danielle has kind of given me um you know throughout our friendship is literally being able to, to to really look inside it and know who I am and know when I'm having a bad day, know when I'm stressed mm. because stress is something I said in, in my first podcast, I identify I don't handle very well. And so, you know, what I'm saying is, yeah, you don't need to have depression or suicidal thoughts or anxiety or any of those things. You are you, are you and whatever resonates with you however your life you know however your mind kind of treats you Mm. um is fine but but this is you know relevant for you yeah and i I will just add yeah yeah understanding the our human ability and propensity for change and growth Mm -hmm. is enormous Mm -hmm. and so then understanding the various tones hues the nuances of who you are today does not dictate who you have to be tomorrow Mm -hmm. but learning how to identify them and to be able to say that's my bad day this is how I respond but I don't want to be this way how can I learn yeah definitely the human we are primed for growth and evolution Mm -hmm. and knowing that just because you are who you are today or yesterday or this happened to you 10 years ago or whatever this does not dictate your future no knowing your ability for growth Mm -hmm. is one of your biggest tools um, with mental health yeah. Because you have the ability to learn your way mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah. But it's the learning. People expect it to happen. Mm-hmm. But actually knowing that it comes through discipline, understanding, yeah. learning, education, and time support, and practice. resources. Yes, time, patience, practice. All of these incredible things. Completely. It changes the way you're able to view it. Because then you realise you have to pull in different resources. Mm-hmm. And you get to use all these different, this different tool set and your skill set. Mm-hmm to help support yourself and your growth mm-hmm. rather than just being stuck where you are amazing and now i feel totally inspired <laughs> i'm ready to literally conquer the day um but just quickly before we we go um do you want to tell people where they can find you yeah, do you want sure. to tell people if they are, might be interested and feel kind of again inspired or have taken something away from from this podcast about your coaching yeah of course absolutely so i uh you can find me on instagram at the heart led l-e-d i'm realizing people keep spelling it l-e-a-d lead heart-led um and you can also find me um on my website at www.theheartled.com i also run coaching which is on a one-to-one basis and i also have a women's weekly um online accountability and growth program which targets almost anything in the area of growth to help you achieve your goals by helping you understand different mental approaches different emotional um beliefs different emotional um, essentially realms uh, and all the different little things so it's incredibly um, effective at being able to help just equip you with something different to think about in that particular week and you also get an accountability on a Thursday a uh, nice little email that comes through and homework um, and homework. homework yeah but I, I love it it's my group of girls and we just are all about trying to create it is, I've got a very strict no guilt no shame policy <laughs> uh, and it is all about really allowing yourself to step into your strength through growth rather than feeling like you have to be everything today because you are more than enough just as you are yay <laughs> thank you so much you are more than welcome um, thank I you for having me no you're, you're yeah, thank you for coming on and uh, time for another tea I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, what a special episode and I am so grateful to Danielle for being my guest this week and and sharing absolutely everything with me. Um, I'm going to have a little bit of a shameless plug because the spring edition of In The Country magazine is going to be available for pre-order this week. We are announcing our golden ticket giveaway which I am so excited about and I mean this issue is just so so special. It's got a really really powerful message um, and I'm, I'm really really proud of it so I really hope that you can jump on board and you know if you want to get hold of a copy you'll be able to do so by visiting the website or clicking the link in my bio through Instagram and securing yours. Um, so on a separate note um, but kind of the same you'll be able to find me um, on Instagram at in the country insta my website address is www.inthecountrymagazine.com where you can see the latest blogs, you can contact me, you can also order the magazine or subscribe. Um, I'm on Facebook as In The Country and I'm on Twitter as at In The Underscore Country. So I will leave you there for today. This is quite a long one. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and week and I will catch up with you soon. Lots of love.